streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. What's happened to Anthony Richardson? Hello, it's Friday, September 23rd, and this is the College Football Daily. The Florida quarterback was all the rage in the preseason and after week one when the Florida Gators defeated top 10 Utah. But since then, it's been a bit of a disaster. Florida's passing offense has completely fallen off the cliff and the Gators lost at home to Kentucky. Now they go into a big matchup at Tennessee, a rival whose offense is absolutely humming at this point early in the season. So what's next for Anthony Richardson? What's plaguing him? Why hasn't he thrown in a touchdown pass at all this season? Well, I wanted to turn to our experts, Blake Brockermeyer, 24-7 Sports, Jacob Rudner, who covers the Florida Gators for 24-7 Sports, and Josh Edwards, an NFL draft writer for CBS Sports. They've got a lot of analysis and maybe some answers for us. Gentlemen, so I want to start with Jacob, because you're seeing him up close. What is going on with Anthony Richardson? What do you think the root issue is here for one of the most hyped quarterbacks in the preseason? Interestingly, I, I, I think it might be confidence. And he's actually talked about that a couple times now. He came out against Utah and had a very good game, became the first quarterback at Florida since 2008, Tim Tebow, to throw for over 150 yards and rush for three touchdowns in the same game. And, and the you know, the Heisman conversation started right away. It was a win over a top 10 team. There was a lot of hype immediately. And then he struggles one time and basically says, you know, my confidence was shot. I got shut down by Kentucky. It affected him deeply, clearly. And I also think, and, and you know, this is not something that the coaching staff has said, but I, I think that there's also a degree to which he could be hurt. I think that there might be something going on with the lower body for him. He got tackled kind of funny very early on in the game against Kentucky. And he has actually acknowledged that there are times where he is in pain. Uh, and I think that that might have played a role in his performance against Kentucky and then against South Florida. In fact, right before we were recording this, I was watching film of him. It was play number two against Kentucky where he had a weird angle where he got hit and it looks like he's getting hobbled right there. And then from then on, he just hasn't looked the same on the move. And obviously that's going to affect your confidence. And a quick recap for everybody. In that season over against Utah, he rushed for 106 yards, had three touchdowns on the ground, was very dynamic, still didn't have a touchdown pass, but was dynamic. And since then, just not much production at all, starting obviously that next week's against Kentucky. So we mentioned maybe that he's hobbled a little bit, but still, is that affecting him as as a passer? I, there's a lot of people out there that still don't have, even when they're going into the season, much confidence in him as a consistent thrower. I think it might be. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that a guy who has a lower body injury isn't affected either at least in some minor way, if not more significantly by a lower body injury. He is a guy who obviously relies on his athleticism. I think his ability to go beyond the line of scrimmage and create offense with his legs is kind of one of those things that is a 
key attribute of his game. It opens up passing options for him. Uh, Defenses have to account for the fact that his legs are a weapon. And when you take that away from him, he becomes a different quarterback. So in my mind and the way I see it, you have a guy in Anthony Richardson who could be hurt to a degree that is minor relative to can he play or can he not play. But the reality is, is that if it's hurting him to run, he isn't the same Anthony Richardson. And the byproduct is just a less effective quarterback than I think people expect of him. And we've now seen what healthy Anthony Richardson looked like. It was very productive, very impressive against Utah. And then the guy gets hurt a week later. And even if it's minor, to me, it has clearly changed the way that he thinks about the game. I think it's changed the way that Florida's coaching staff has to think about the game. Do they have to be more careful with their star quarterback? I think the answer is yes. And this is the byproduct, the decrease in production over these last two games. I think it at least has something to do with that. Blake, players play injured and they they play hurt. And there's a difference between the two. You know that. But when you watch video and the tape of Anthony Richardson before and after this apparent maybe injury, what have you noticed about him? What are the positives? What are the negatives? And where how can he build this season? Well, Anthony Richardson a, is a complex complex person to, to study because I think the, the 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 problem publicly is that he is a pretty quarterback on air. You, you look at him, you look at what an athletic freak he is, the flash plays that he makes and the great arm strength that he has. And then you see that on the field and you realize that he's not a great quarterback. He hasn't had a lot of reps. He hasn't played a ton of football at Florida. And the the biggest problems that I see with him is even though he's got a great arm and he's a great athlete, his decision making, his accuracy and anticipation, things that great quarterbacks do that that are elite, he doesn't have those traits yet. And uh, I think it's gonna it, it's it's not gonna happen overnight. I think it's a it, it's a he's a work in progress. And kind of like Jacob said, now now publicly he said he's lost his confidence, which is the last thing any quarterback should be saying publicly so he's got a lot to work on good quarterbacks make easy completions uh, make, make easy throws he doesn't have a great supporting cast around him which hurts as well so there, it, it's it, he, he's a very complex study in my opinion besides his running ability there's just not going to be a ton of ton of upside to him throwing the ball this season uh, at Florida Josh, in the preseason, some folks out there were saying, hey, maybe he could be a first-round guy in the NFL draft. First off, what were your kind of expectations for him in the preseason when you were looking at him, and how has that changed or maybe remained the same now as we head into the fourth week of this college football season? Yeah, I would say I was probably a little bit more conservative because uh, he really did not have many many pass attempts coming into the season. So, you know, you kind of had to wait and see what that experience was going to bring. Uh, and the first week against Utah, I think you saw a very confident quarterback a guy that has tremendous arm strength he's got that mobility he was using it to his advantage and Florida was you know pretty relatively equal talent wise uh they come into that second week against Kentucky he gets a little rattled early in the game as has been noted his confidence was shaken and I thought you saw that over the course of the game but I will say in his defense a little bit the wide receivers have to help him out a little bit more you know finishing their routes learning how to sit in the zone when you've got a a safety over the top little things like that he's got to be helped out by his wide receivers as well but this is a guy that still has 
all of that raw physical talent that suggests he could eventually become a first round type talent. But in the present time, he just has not shown enough in terms of his reads to to be considered a first round lock. I think he's still got a lot to a lot to show before he's ever viewed in that kind of capacity. But what I will say is that Florida has done a pretty good job of kind of simplifying the game plan since that Kentucky game. You saw in the Utah opener, he had 6.79 air yards per attempt. That Kentucky game was much higher. He was 10 0.51 air yards per attempt. They were trying to air it out a little bit more. Uh, and Kentucky's pressure was getting home. Um, you know, for every positive that we saw in that Utah game, one thing that we did see that was a little concerning was that when the pocket broke down and he was pressured a little bit, his decision-making was poor. I mean, you know, he's he's got to improve in that, that category. And Kentucky really rattled him that second week. But then we come back against South Florida. You see them kind of adapting to trying to make him a little bit more comfortable because he is such a young quarterback. In that South Florida game, 7.28 air yards per attempt. So you're, you're seeing how they're keeping it a little bit closer uh, to the line of scrimmage. He had 18 attempts in that game as opposed to uh, 30 rush attempts as a team. So um, you can see Florida kind of simplifying things for him a little bit, trying to get that confidence back. And hopefully before the end of the season, we're able to kind of see that raw arm strength, mobility that uh, had us all excited week one against Utah. Much more on Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators after this. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Florida, a couple of numbers here. Florida, one of only three FBS teams without a passing touchdown this season. Florida ranking 126th nationally in pass efficiency, 121st in pass offense. And get this, three of the four interceptions that Anthony Richardson has thrown this season, three of those have turned into touchdowns on the next possession for the opponent. So deadly mistakes there for the Gators, things they've got to fix and improve upon as they go into Tennessee in a harsh environment, their first road game of the entire season, and it's going to be in front of more than 100,000 people against an offense, by the way, that is averaging 52 points per game under Josh Heupel at Tennessee. So where does Anthony Richardson go from here? I, I, I like the point you're making there, Josh, about how it seems like Florida is simplifying things a little bit. They're leaning on the run game a little bit more. What, what do you guys think we're saying about Anthony Richardson, say, three, three weeks from now as we approach the halfway point? I would just say that one of the things that, that we need to probably start looking for is just how he's going to look in terms of making reads, diversifying his options in terms of who he's going to throw th- throw to on the field. Uh, you know, the points that, that have been brought up so far are, are really good. This is a guy who's young. He's inexperienced. Uh, I think that there are people who want to see what he looks like with a little more time as a starting quarterback. And we haven't really had that yet either. So in fairness to Anthony Richardson, I am curious what time does to him. I think that there is a reality in which we see some steady improvement in the 
the areas that I think are troubling a lot of people right now. But again, I, I also think that there has to be something said about Florida's wide receivers. It's not a deep room. Uh, there were a lot of questions about that unit and Florida's tight ends going into the season. I mean, Florida's starting tight end right now is a former defensive lineman, Dante Xander. Yeah. So it's not like the it's a deep team in terms of options uh, that Anthony Richardson can target. He does have three really good running backs, but but it's not enough. And so I am hesitant to put all of the onus on Anthony Richardson for what has looked like kind of a lackluster offense and what has been an inefficient passing attack. Because like Billy Napier says, almost every press conference at this point, it's more than just the quarterback that contributes to the quarterback's performance. And so this is this is a situation that has been this. I mean, we've known that it's going to be a thin depth team at the skill positions for months. And so it's not really a surprise. And I think Anthony Richardson is just at the, at, you know, at a negative end of that. I think a lot of us, we, we tend to want to roll our eyes when coaches say, it's, you got to have all 11 on the same page and everything. But it's obvious when you watch Florida guys uh, that that the personnel isn't quite there around Anthony Richardson, as you mentioned, especially at receiver. Blake and Jacob, and Jacob, you're there on the ground. Is that fair to say that, that Florida just doesn't quite have the talent around Anthony Richardson for, to really get him going and be as explosive as maybe he could be? Yeah, their best two players are transfers from Louisiana. And uh, I think the, the Florida receiving core is tall and long and slow. And so uh, that doesn't help at all. But I think what you're going to see over the next few weeks and I mean, if it's me, I'm doing this the rest of the season is I'm going to kind of play a similar defense to what Kentucky did. I'm going to I'm going to play a lot of zone coverage, try to confuse him, uh, maybe slow the rush down where I can keep him in the pocket, play my edge players or my outside backers a little bit wide to kind of clout cloud up the picture for him and make him beat me throwing the football because that that will really challenge his decision making and probably give you the best chance to beat Florida because that is something that he has yet to prove that he can do. I mean, he's only thrown, I think, 143 passes his entire Florida career over the last three seasons. So uh, I think you're going to see more of that. And then I think at some point, I mean, we have to be honest if you're a Florida fan and, and I don't know what Jack Miller's status is, whether his, his health or, or I think he got hurt during camp this year, but at some point it might they might have to put somebody else in there that can do that if Anthony Richardson proves over the next few weeks that uh, that's something that he's not going to be effective at doing. And just to play devil's advocate for a second, I, I'm not so sure that Florida sees market improvement by putting a guy like Jack Miller into the game. I, I don't know that that's the best solution. And I think, again, a lot of this has to do with who is surrounding the quarterback. And, and Jack Miller, in my mind, is a clearly less talented quarterback than Anthony Richardson, who has not, it really is just as inexperienced. And so I don't know that if I'm Billy Napier, I'm taking a dynamic playmaker, whether he's struggling or not, and Anthony Richardson off the field to replace him with somebody who is as inexperienced, who is also new to the offense, who we really don't know anything about yet, and who still will have the same disposal to the same weapons. It's not like things are going to improve in my mind if Jack Miller enters the game. If I'm Billy Napier, what I'm trying to do is really being deliberate and trying to get the ball to my playmakers. I'm telling Anthony Richardson that Ricky Pearsall, that Montrell Johnson, the running back, Trevor Etienne, another running back. Those are guys who I am being purposeful in trying to get the ball to. 
And frankly, once Anthony Richardson, if health is a concern right now, and again, we don't know with certainty whether it is or not. Nobody has outright said, yes, Anthony Richardson is hobbled and it's affecting how he goes through a game. Nobody has said otherwise. However, once he does get to a point where he is healthier, if he is now, I'm trying to boot him out as much as possible and I am letting him run the ball. And yes, I understand that Florida's quarterback situation beyond Richardson is thin for sure. And it's a lot of question marks beyond him. And there's reason for caution. But I don't think if you're Florida's offense, you can afford to eliminate Anthony Richardson's legs because at this moment, as we've all said, it clearly does a lot to benefit his ability in moving the ball through the air. I just think if you can't throw the ball down the field, I know the the weapons are limited, but he hasn't thrown for a touchdown pass this year. So at some point, you've got to be able to throw it for a touchdown. You have to be able to throw the ball down the field. So I've got friends that are in Gainesville that are big Florida fans. They they think Jack Miller has has some upside as a passer. Uh, I've never seen him obviously down there, but I'm just saying at some point you have to be able to throw the ball. You cannot just run the ball uh, every single play, and you're you're not going to win in the SEC doing that. You have to have balance. So how does how does Florida beat Tennessee on the road this week, guys? I personally think it's going to come down to, and, and I know that this is kind of moving away from from what you just said, Blake, but I, again, think it comes down to just rushing the ball. I think that Florida's offense is very clearly based in its ability to effectively move the ball via the run game. They have three running backs. Billy Napier has said that there's a reason that they are being so distributed between three guys right now because they know that come the end of the season, there probably won't be a heavy transition towards the passing game, so they need to keep the tires fresh on the guys who are going to be producing the most for this offense. And so you go into Tennessee, you probably want to slow the pace of the game down. You don't want to let Tennessee's offense be on the field for very much longer than you are. And how do you do that if you don't have a good passing game? Well, you take time off the clock and you run the ball. I think that Florida will have an opportunity if things go well to try to open the game up through some play action if they can be effective on the ground. But I think that the concerns that we've all brought up with Anthony Richardson's passing game and potentially even his health will be something to to quite obviously watch. I think that it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not they're able to really break it open offensively in, in this game. I think it's a big be a big failure for Tennessee's defense to let Florida run all over them. I think if I'm Tennessee's defense defense and right now they're they're playing good football defensively as a group, I'm going to force Anthony Richardson to throw the ball, play some zone coverage behind it. I'm going to be clog up all the lanes inside where he has to stay in the pocket and Florida's going to have to 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 be able to throw the ball at least intermediate routes, short to intermediate routes to get first downs, move the clock, play exceptional defense, be opportunistic on defense and special teams for them to win the game, in my opinion. If I could just add one thing, I, I would also, sorry, I, I would just say one more thing is, is that there is a world in which Florida can be effective through the air with run replacement passing. I would be curious to see if there's a world in which Billy Napier chooses to get really short with the pass game and try and just get guys open quickly, hit them with the ball fast, first read type plays, and see if that can maybe get Anthony Richardson's confidence up. Let him hit routes he knows he can hit and see what that can do and then see if you can progress to the intermediate level and maybe even take a couple shots. But I think that run replacement could also play a factor in this game. I hate to sound like a broken record here because they've already made these points, but you have to simplify the game plan if you're Florida for Richardson this week. I mean, you've got to keep the ball close to the line of scrimmage. Um, You've got to establish the run game, but on the other side of the field, Tennessee knows what you're going to be throwing at them. So they're going to be able to take that away with, you know, zone and clouding some, some, some sight lines for Richardson this week. But 
you know, at some point, Florida is going to have to push the ball downfield. And at that point, Richardson has to just show good decision making because they can ill afford to have any bad decisions in this game because Hendon Hooker on the other side has taken such good care of the football. So they got to play mistake free football and really just capitalize on those vertical opportunities when they do get the shot. Josh wanted to end it with this. Where does Anthony Richardson sit right now as a draftable quarterback. Is he a draftable quarterback? What do you think? Well, he's certainly a draftable quarterback just based on the raw talent alone. Somebody is going to take a chance on him. Um, Ideally, he walks into a situation where he's not asked to start immediately. Uh, You know, you walk into a room with maybe a Jared Goff who is going to be able to keep him on the bench for a year or two and allow him to learn and develop and become the quarterback that we think he can be. But right now, he's just simply not ready. There's a lot left for him to learn. But if, if the draft were held today, I'm still pretty confident somebody would take him based on the raw town alone but you know he has the rest of the year to prove that and if he doesn't I think he's in a good position to come back and continue to show what type of uh, talent he brings to the field every Saturday Josh Edwards CBS Sports Jacob Rudner and Blake Brockermeyer both with 24-7 Sports thanks for joining me here on the College Football Daily I'm Brendan Marcello thanks to our producer Lance Glenn for all he does in getting this all together we'll see you down the road here on the College Football Daily It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.